Hello and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece here with Samantha Tradelius. How are you, girl? Gosh, you know what? It's power red lip, uh, pirate bandana. It is. Yeah, you got messy the hair, messy hair that I'm pretty sure I, I forgot what it means to wash my hair at this point. Tis the season. Um, but I'm happy to be here and I'm super pumped about today. Our guest. I'm um amazing. first of all, I know that dry shampoo is your friend. So it's it's okay. hundred percent. We're dating yeah, it's, essentially. It's all right. Um, it's all good. I have to say though, I am I am kind of fangirling a little bit today. Um uh super excited to have with us adrian johnston adrian johnston close i don't know what you want to go by but adrian johnston of course your your stage name your um your is what your music can be found under and adrian so happy to have you here thanks for having me no it's a that's also a pain point in our household is i didn't legally change my name but now that we have a child i should probably add that on so it's just an add-on <laughs> so um i when I got married, I actually found it like it's way harder to change your name than people think. Yes. And, you know, it's on the woman to change your name and it's tough and it takes a long time. And like the, the breaking point for me was when I got called into the Social Security office and had to go down and take my um, my marriage certificate because like the the name on my tax return wasn't matching the name on my Social Security number. And by the way, nobody should ever really go into a social security office in a major urban city unless they absolutely have to. Um, It was, yeah, it was a horrible experience. And it was at that moment I said, I said, honestly, if if I had to do it again, I would not change my last name. So there you go. I refuse. Yeah. Uh, It's yeah. It's a, it's a marriage pain point. My favorite though, is when I make reservations for us because at hotels, you have to be identified correctly. And they say, hello, Mr. Johnston. And he just looks at me like, (laughs) sorry, maybe he can change his name. It's super fun. Um, So you're one of these like underachievers who um, has 46,000 things going on in their life, but you know, top, okay. Top of the list is mom, of course. Um, But I'm going to put very close second um, musician because you are an amazing country musician i i love your music so we're we're gonna talk about that you are also a wife hold on before we continue can we just say this is our first musician on the entire really? yeah. yeah actually it is just, you are starting us so off on another level yeah so thank you i just wanted to highlight that moment continue, please. continue. <laughs> well wife uh clothing boutique owner um and i you know whatever else you do in your spare time which you probably don't have a lot but um you're amazing so i want to i do want to talk about the mom but i want to start with the singing because that is really i think started in in the formative years of your life i had to laugh with you talking about like um performing on the fireplace hearth uh growing up which we used to do we'd get up on the fireplace and do little performances um mine did not turn into a country music career like yours did you know it's it's probably not going to happen for me and it's okay um but take us take us back to like is this is this something that you always knew you wanted to do uh well I always knew I liked to sing and perform and I was that kid my brother and I are six years apart and I'm the oldest so basically we were two only children and my mom had a lot of time to sit and just watch me do whatever so she's really the problem she's the reason why we're here but um, (laughs) I didn't know you could do it as a career if you weren't like 
you know, a Carrie Underwood or a Shania Twain, how did you do that as a career? And so in college, I would just kind of like sneak away and I found the Opry's and I like just sang around Texas and did open mic nights and things like that. And then was asked to do a gig and then I had to get a full band and then I had to have original music. And I was like, well, okay, I could probably figure that out. And then I say it like a naturally, naturally snowballed into a 10 year career and, and what it is now. So I didn't know I wanted to do it, but I did it. And then I loved it and couldn't not do it. <laughs> Which is so much fun. Cause it's almost like those stories where you hear like people are just like, I always knew I was going to do this, or mm-hmm. maybe it's just like pie in the sky, a dream, but like to have it all just kind of come not be something you were into and then have it turn into something that you didn't even know was really uh, available. It's pretty awesome. So let's talk about like what your life is like with music right now. Are you like going out on the road? Are you doing shows? Like what's happening? I say it is, it is more complicated. I used to think scheduling and, you know, um, coordinating the band, a bunch of guys was hard. No, add a one-year-old to the mix. It's impossible. So what I'm doing now is I, it's kind of a blessing in disguise. I'm so much more strategic and picky about what I say yes to, which is, I think in turn allowed me to do better shows where before you say yes to everything, you're exhausted. You've been on the road for weeks. You show up, you don't have a voice. You're probably not in the best mood anyway, because you're so tired the band hasn't been paid great in you know weeks and they're not happy. And now it's been able to, the band comes, everybody's in a good mood. We are well rested. Our family gets to come. Our kids come to a lot of the shows. The grandparents come to help with the kids. So even though it's more coordinating and less often, I feel like it's so much better quality than it used to be. Not that we were doing horrible shows, but I mean, how good are you at you know, midnight after seven shots of tequila. Not very good. So I'm pre- I'm pretty good, by the way. I'm pretty sure I'm better at midnight after seven shots of tequila than I, I was when I started. Queen. Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. We uh actually have a group of girlfriends that we started a tradition the Tuesday before Christmas every year we do Christmas karaoke. And we go to the karaoke bar and we sing Christmas <laughs> I want to come and after seven shots of tequila, you're way better. So good. You yes. girl had to die like perfection. Unbelievable. Yeah, you'll have to come. Um I I, just put a band together. Like that. It, as soon as you said that, I'm like, wait a minute. That just doesn't, I guess it just doesn't happen. How do you as a singer, if they say, okay, we want to have you sing, like put a band together, uh how you does that work? I mean, do you out. put an ad on Craigslist? Uh, how does that happen? Basically. Okay. Um, no, when when I started, it's funny. Once you kind of know one person, uh, you get to, it's kind of like that connection game. And so when I first started, I didn't really know anybody and I don't even remember how exactly we got connected, but basically I had Leanne Rimes's original band and they went on tour with her. They played in the Grammys with her, but y'all that was like 40 years ago. So I have them as like grandpa band now okay or I did at the time they they play with me sometimes but they we laugh because I was like their reunion tour like they are the most (laughs) phenomenal musicians and they could care less if the show was like to two people or a thousand because they've done it all and they were just like cheers to the good old days and that's how I started with those guys which they're the best players like the fiddle player is his name is Milo Deering and he plays for the Eagles like absurd. Amazing. And then over the years, I couldn't give them 
they wanted to be able to, you know, go home every night and they, they already did that whole thing. So I started to hire some young guns, um, that were okay going on the road for weeks. And then now I've had my band for, I would say probably this group I've had like for five years, total six years. Um, and so I've got my, my group now, but you guys are probably all pretty tight. Oh yeah. We're super close. You can't write any divas. Is there any divas? The man. We always say our fiddle players the most diva, which is funny because he's a dad of two girls. So he's not, he, he's super laid back. He runs an air conditioning company, like with his family, like he's hard work or whatever. You get that guy in a car, he has to pee every 45 minutes. He's got to have a snack. Like, right, Clint, what happens to you when we go on the road? <laughs> so, so yeah, the fiddle player diva. Okay. Yeah. We um, give him a hard time. <laughs> You you have to promise us that every uh, every show you do from now to the end of time, you fit in adult beverage in there. Oh, it's so good because we love that song. <laughs> I love that y'all love that one. That's that was that was my personal favorite, and not I just because it. of the title. It was actually just a really good song too. It was just the title. We actually wrote that with not the intentions of me recording it. It was supposed to be a pitch um, to like Blake Shelton and. Uh, I mean, never called us back. So I was like, well, I'll just take that one. It's, it's fabulous. So like of your day, like how, how do you, cause you're doing a lot of different things, which we're going to talk about the store in a second, because that is, I, that's a whole another level of you. I mean, how are you dividing and conquering your day? And then momming like a one year, one year olds are no joke. Let's be no. 100% clear for everyone out there. There, there are a lot of work and it, today's the perfect example. I have, um, some of the girls that work for me at my store also babysit. And I try to strategically plan like, okay, this is a um, day where I cannot have interruptions. So I need a sitter and I can like go divide and conquer. And then this is like a mom day and this is a da-da-da day. Well, today was supposed to be a divide and conquer day. And I got the text from our sitter that she had a fever and was throwing up. And I was like, please don't come over. Like we don't no, want No, thank you. Yeah. So I had to juggle him today. So I did a photo shoot at the store this morning. I have you guys this afternoon, but I had to get back in time to put him down for a nap so that we had no interruptions. That's why I'm in my kitchen. It's a lot. It's a grind. We feel it's okay though. You know, I thrive on busy. If I have one task in eight hours, I'll take eight hours to do it. But if I have a task in 45 minutes, I can do the same task in 45 minutes. So Mm -hmm. I've always been like that. I've always juggled a lot of things, but what I think is nice about what I do now is I decide when I do it versus working for corporate America or things like that. They dictate your day. Um, so I don't know. I just slice and dice all the time. Slice and dice. I like that. That might be the title of our episode today. Slice and dice. So I want to talk about something that was super fun. I read. So while you were on tour, you created your girl gang of women that mm-hmm. is kind of like your sister circle. Let's talk about, I can only imagine what it's like to be out on the road and be away from your world. And, you know, everything's weird. And, you know, there's a lot of just chaos to have this group that you, you know, can kind of turn to. Tell us about what what that was, what that looked like and what that did for you. Because I think that's really a great story. Yeah. So um, it's called Grits, Girls Raised in Texas, even though not everybody was necessarily raised in Texas. It's all Texas country artist girls. And it really kind of came out of wanting to do shows together, but never getting the opportunity to. So for example, if you look at a festival lineup, also, this was like five or six years ago, it has gotten better, but this is how the 
we came to fruition was you look at a festival lineup and there's one girl slot and there's 10 guys. And it wasn't like a man hater club. It was just the guys get to see each other at all these festivals. How fun. We don't get to do that. So let's just book our own shows. And at the time, it was harder for us to get those headlining spots at some of the bigger venues across Texas because we didn't have a big enough draw. So if you can't bring 250 people to a show, they're not going to book you. But if you put four of us up there or three of us up there, we can do that. And Mm -hmm. it gets us in front of more people. It gets us into the bigger venues. And so, um, but really it was selfishly. We just wanted to do shows together and drink wine and that's what it was. So we laugh because we haven't done one in so long. I mean, before 2020 and all that jazz went down and then half of us have had babies now and, you know, we kind of life happened. And so, um, I don't know, hopefully we can kind of pull some people out of the, the retirement woodwork. And I think you need to rebirth that. I know post post COVID it's really, they're special shows and they're, they're just, I don't know. I personally, they're my favorite. Like I love a good full band show. I love a good, you know, Adrian Johnston music moment. But when you get the girls, we all love each other's music. We genuinely know every single harmony. You're just getting like the coolest show in my opinion. So I don't know, 2023, keep your fingers crossed. Maybe we'll get, well, and I just think that's yet another example of women supporting women and not having to be in competition with each other, not even on a personal level, but on a professional level, we don't always have to compete. We can also support and you know, the, the, what do they say? All boats rise with the tide, right? Like we can, Um, we can all lift up together. Something about a wave. But yeah, something, something something about that. You did say at one point that you, you, in your music career, you found that um, being an artist isn't just feeling the music, but it was really important to have a good head on your shoulders and you had to be a smart musician. Hmm. What does that mean in, in that industry? It's such a, I, I am an, I am a, an anomaly when it comes to that. Musicians are traditionally very, um, emotional. And I always say like, there's an inner hippie in me, but I don't let her out very often where musicians very like feel it. And they, they can write the best sad songs when they feel really sad. I have to go in and know what we're doing today. So I know what to accomplish so that I can check a box. Like I'm super type a, I'm not (laughs) very good at going with the flow. We laugh that meme that's going around. That's like, I can go with the flow, but what time does the flow start? That's (laughs) That's us. Like, I haven't seen that one, but I think I'm going to go find it now and like use say, it as my. Like, we, I, we need a little, like, I like to run the show, but like, we all need a little bit of, like, my daughter plays soccer and the soccer coach just like yeah. brings practice on two hours before. And I'm like, no, lady, I don't live like, I can't live like this. It drives no. me. Uh, same thing you're saying. It's like a little bit of structure is awesome. Just a little bit. And obviously things can ebb and flow. But if I know I'm walking in to a writing session, for example, for music, and I am writing for me and my record, then it is my responsibility to come in and have some ideas, right? If I'm walking into somebody else's, I've got some in my back pocket, but like, this is your show. So I need a little more structure. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, I mean, music is a business and if you don't treat it like that, it never will be. So just walk in and be prepared and, and know what your goals are or what your responsibilities are in that moment. And therefore you will get something out of it. If you just think everybody else is going to do it for you, it's never going to happen. So that's like underlined, like say it louder for the people in the back. Do you think though that, because you always hear in the industry, 
that so many people get taken advantage of by either their management team or, you know, the, you know, agents and all the things. Do you think it's because so many of these artists and not only music, but also film and, you know, just artists in general, you know, they get taken advantage of because they are so, you know, heart focused and that, you know, emotional, like they're, they don't all necessarily have that other businessy side of the brain. Do you think mm -hmm. that may have a little bit to do with why that storyline kind of continues to play all the time? Yeah. I mean, I think that can definitely be part of it. I also think that because you are a dreamer, naturally, if you are an artist of any capacity, you want to believe the good in what they're telling you. If somebody's saying, I can promise you this, I can make this happen. You want to believe that. And so therefore you kind of hear all these stories of, oh, well, it happened for so-and-so like this. And yada, yada, yada. And what you have to do is you got to trust, but you got to verify. And that's where I think there's a huge piece of, especially young artists is they just want to trust. And they just think that if they say yes to everybody, maybe it'll happen someday. And you do, you got to say yes to a lot of things, but you also have to know when to say no, thank you. Well, and, you also have to have like your bullshit radar on, like when somebody's yeah. not being like, you know, you kind of, I think as you grow older, you have a little bit of a thicker skin with it. And it's hard when right. you aren't young in any capacity, but you know, and there's so many sketchy mofos out there. Like you have got to just, you got to know somebody that knows somebody that can check that for you. And because I cannot tell you how many times I have been backstage at a show and watch this old man go to that new young artist. And you do, you sit there going, Oh sister. Oh. And then you end up being the one that like, okay, I'll step in. Like you, you feel like you kind of have to sometimes. And I don't know you live and you learn, but no, you absolutely do have to, I think, because you've been there, you've done that. And that's mm -hmm. also, like, you know, it's like our responsibility to help these younger women. If we know where we can plug in, I think that's such a great tool to, to be able to turn mm -hmm. on. Um, I know I do it in my industry, Stacy, you know, in hers as well. It's just, I think across the board, anytime we can lift a sister up, it's good Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. And I think what I was really blessed with and lucky with when I was a little bit younger is, you know, a blessing in disguise that I did have a much older band that played for me. Mm -hmm. And so if I didn't feel comfortable or they saw it, they just stepped in and they have 10 times more street cred than half the people that were trying to like poach me for something. And so I think I learned that a lot quicker than if you are kind of trying to make it with people around your same age, a little bit younger, you guys are all cutting your teeth. I just got lucky that I had the wisest guys in the room telling me, mm, no, don't do that. Watch out for that. Blah, blah, blah. And I always laugh because you go on these radio tours and your job is to talk and to entertain and all this jazz. And their job is to sit there and play and be quiet. And then you get in the car and then now they want to talk, but you just talked for two hours. But I can't tell you how many times I was just exhausted. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm stop talking. I really need to. <laughs> can, we just, can we just have 30 minutes of silence, please? Yes. But I can't tell you how much knowledge I got during those times. And I was like, you know what? I'm glad he did talk my ear off. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is something to be said for experience mm -hmm. and age and experience that comes with age. Um Maybe that's what I'll lean on because I'll get older. So let me let me ask you this. You grew up in Texas and uh, of course, country music was very prevalent in your world. You're sixth generation Texan, right? Like yeah. amazing. Your family's been there forever. They stink hour. Um, I grew up outside Seattle. Like yeah. not a lot of country music when I was growing up up there. But I do feel like country music has really... Um, has really expanded and and uh, is 
like you used to have kind of the country pop crossover artists, but I feel like the whole genre has crossed over at this point. Um, why do you why do you think we've seen such a uh, popularity increase in country music outside of Texas in the last you know five ten years? I mean, I will tell you, I just got back from a uh, two day twenty one hour road trip, moving uh, my mom and her car from Arizona back up to Seattle. And I will tell you that we listen to country music for a very high percentage of that 21 hours. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just easy. It like, it's fun. My daughter got super into it when she was growing up, which is weird because San Francisco is not the hub of country music um, no, it's not. yet. Uh, but why, why do you think there is such a, a crossover of the whole genre in general? Oh gosh, that's a great question. It's funny because being in the country music circle, there's a huge divide from what we call Nashville country and like Texas country. Oh, and, I bet. And it is like this ongoing, who are you? Which one are you? And we always say, why does it, I always say, why does it matter? Because it should just be good music. And if it's good listening, and I think country music has always had really good um, storytelling and everybody can relate to it. So whether it's maybe a little more produced or a little more raw, it doesn't matter because if the song is good, you like it. Yeah. And I think that's maybe at the end of the day, why country has just, I mean, you can listen to it with your grandpa or your daughter or whoever. And cause yeah, it does kind of cover the, the, yeah. the generations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it's also not like super twangy and like, you know, my dog died and my wife left me like, like growing up in the, you know, I was an eighties kid. Like that's what it was. It was country music yeah. was very country music. And now it's yeah. like, You've got a blues, you know, undertone, you've got a pop undertone, you've got even like an R&B in some of it. So it's, it's, I think it's all over the place. And I think it's, it's fun to see a new genre kind of, you know, enlighten us all because it, it is good. And I'm, I'm not always a huge country fan, but like every now and again, I'm like, like, I'm, I'm like becoming, I'm going to the other side, right? I'm I moving over. I love it. It's true. That is a good point. I guess people that didn't necessarily grow up with country music. Yeah. It was like, my dog died. Yeah. like it was, it was very twangy. It was, totally. yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was tough. Okay. So because your amazing music career wasn't enough to keep you busy and I know, you know, COVID and that took you off the road. I mean, I've listened to the Luke Combs songs 46 times. I know how it works. You miss your mom and dad. You miss the band. You miss the road. I get it. Uh, so like, let's go to, a, let's do a clothing boutique. This sounds like fun. Like, let's just Why add not? something to the list. Uh, right. love the name Sheality. I mean, Thank that's you. fantastic. Um, what was the drive there? So, okay. So there's a little backstory to Sheality. So my husband and I met and in 2016, um, at a show, he came to my show, which it wasn't my show. It was his friend's show who was a girlfriend of mine who asked me to sub. It was his birthday. Long story short. Okay, that's a great story, by the way. So usually it's like, you don't go home with the fans. Well, I married one. So yeah, you did. I did. I broke all the rules. And we, I'm a DFW girl born and raised um, in Dallas, Fort Worth. And 
he is an oil and gas guy. And so he would move all over the Texas. He would do a job here for a couple of weeks and there and whatever. And so we were kind of shuffling back and forth to wherever his location was, to wherever I was gigging. We lived in our cars. And once we got married, I kind of said, Hey, we need to like find a place to settle because how are you supposed to be married and like live in your car? Which I mean, you can, but we very tipsy, I, very tipsy. Yeah. I was like, I think we need like a home and a Christmas tree and like a place to live. (laughs) So we agreed to go to East Texas, um, where he's originally from because he could get with a company that secured him no travel. He could come home every night. Um, and to me, that was very important. So I kind of sacrificed those weekday gigs that I normally would take in DFW because it's very busy or I could zip down to Austin or what have you. And I said, okay, well then I'll gig on the weekends unless it's a really big show and we'll make like a life together. And I mean, I don't think I was out here a month before I was bored to tears. I needed something to do. I could not handle East Texas seemed like a really good idea on paper. Oh, it sounded great. I was like, we'll live in a field. And I was like, where do you shop in a field? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, how, how far was the closest target? Uh, Uh, 45 minutes. Yeah. That's too far. Target's got to be way closer. Target. Um, uh, Starbucks, Home Goods, TJ oh. Maxx. I was really painfully in shock. Um, so I started just kind of eyeballing ideas. I was like, oh, this can't be that hard, right? Um, which hindsight, 2020, it is really hard. So we just started doing little pop-ups and put some things online. And I don't know, I just did it like Monday through Thursday or Tuesdays or when I wanted to. And it snowballed into opening a brick and mortar in January of 2020. How'd I know? Really great, really great timing. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that was January, 2020. Uh, Okay. Shut those doors in March, April, whenever it was. And uh, then I really had nothing to do. Right. So I was like out of music, my store closed And I just put all my effort into figuring out how to do Facebook lives and how to get all my inventory on a a well-working website. Um, And then I did private shopping uh, appointments and I would just let people come one-on-one and we'd all, you know, be masked up and all the things. And they would come shop one-on-one with the store. And that's when it like blew up. It grew because it was the only thing to do. And it was the only place to shop within 45 minutes and I mean, those customers that started with me during that period of time have made us what we are today. And so now I, I mean, I can't stop. No, you shouldn't stop. Uh, I was on your website last night and I was like, okay, it's sequins, it's feathers, it's velvet. Hello, have we met? Like everything I'm looking for and then some, and the price points are absolutely like, this Mm -hmm. is affordable fashion that isn't like looking like it's, you know. I don't want to slam a forever 21 moment um, because we're definitely, you know, but it's, it's like that, it's not that low of a price point, but it's also like not something that's super expensive that, you know, you couldn't get into. Um, oh, absolutely. That's, that's the other thing too. It's like, I know, especially from my show date, my big shows and all that stuff, it's like, you don't want to wear the same outfit all the time, but you still want to have a standout moment. And yes. I can't, I'm not going to buy a $250 sequin dress to wear one time and be photographed and never wear it again. So how can we bring that? But then also now that I'm a mom, you'll see that I'm like, but we also need a good leather legging that we can like bend over in and yeah. we need a <laughs> sweater and we the need important to- things in life. Yeah. <laughs> 
but it covers all the bases, right? And it's good, like good looking stuff. And I, um, I'm into it. Like, I, I think you're definitely like found, found a hole in the marketplace out there. And we're like, I'm going, here we go, ladies. <laughs> you're sweet. How, I think, thank how you. do you get the, like, are you constant? That's another question I have is like, so now, you know, being up with like the times, like, are you going to market and like learning about the trends and like having to get your brain in that mode too, which is like music fashion. They're a little, they're a lot. All the things. So we do, I go to market. Um, it's, you know, it's usually about four times a year, once a quarter. Um, but luckily there's a great market in Dallas and my family still lives there. So I can go, I can drop the baby off. They can have grandparent time. I can go to market, um, do all my buying for the store. And then I usually tack on a show. I'm very much like, if we're going to be there, let's do all the things. Yeah. If we're, we're going to do it, let's do it. Like, let's be efficient with our time. Yep, exactly. I'm efficient with my time and my gas nowadays. Well, especially now. Oh, yes. I mean, hello. Back in the day, I would just drive across Texas for one show. And now I'm like, well, that's dumb. Why don't we do this, 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 and this, and this while we're there? And my poor husband on his off days, he always is like, do we have to go somewhere? Do we have something to do this time? <laughs> yes, we do, honey. Yes, yes we, do. we do. You so knew that when you married like, me. The hardest part, if you had to say like, this is the hardest part of my life at this moment, like what is the hardest part about doing all, all this? Is it time management? Is it, you know, really putting energy into things that like give you life? Or is it just kind of a whirlwind? Like my life is just a freaking tornado. Tornado, <laughs> tornado. I, I think time management, but I am in the sense of, I'm a control freak and I had to learn that my time, especially now is not doing that one little task is not worth my time and not to be like, I'm above it. I will still take out the trash at the store. I will still, um, do all the emails back and forth with booking gigs, but somebody's job can be that. And mine can be playing with my son for an hour and, I've had to learn how to time management, like what's important. Can I hire somebody for $12 an hour to sit at the store on a slow day and do the deep cleaning while I be a mom that day, or I go to a show. And I think my time management has just had to be adjusted and I can't do it all. And it's okay to hire people to do that for you. Um, and that to me is like the hardest part. Cause then I see it later. I'm like, well, that's not how I would have done it, but okay. We got to let it go. It'll be <laughs> fine. It's great. I have an, I have an old boss that used to say, if you don't like the way your desk is, or if you don't like the way your job is done when you go on vacation, then don't go on vacation. So we do have to kind of let it go. And um, just because it's not our way doesn't mean it's wrong. But I am a big believer that we should never ask people who work for us or with us to do things that we're not willing to do ourselves. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I'm like you, I would take out the trash. I'll do it in a heartbeat. Uh, it's not necessarily the highest and best use of my time. But um, always willing to do it. So your list continues to grow of um, demands on Adrian's life. Although all fun, I can tell you love them all. You love the mom, the wife, the store, the singing, the band, the road, everything about that. What is what? It, what's what's in the short term future for you? What do you see? What do you see yourself doing in twenty twenty three? Oh gosh. Well, um, I would love to we've talked about potentially expanding the store, um, which is exciting, but also an unknown. I don't know this world. I haven't done retail for 10 years. You know, everybody had a 
a little retail job in college where they got, you know, a discount for their cute outfits. But other than that, um, I would like the store to grow because it's done so well. And I think it could do more. Um, I think also there's some opportunity with music to really be more involved in some, um, bigger impact shows. So not necessarily what I used to say, I want this slot at a festival because the most people are there. I would prefer to partner with a really deserving charity that has a great women fan base that can also have a pop-up shop at their event with our clothes. How can we better align with the right types of gigs and opportunities like that. And so 2023 has already started to show that those are coming together, which I'm super excited about. Um, and then, you know, I don't know, everybody keeps asking when we're having another baby. I'm like, I don't know. Time out. Not, I don't know. No, no. You know, people should not ask that question. No, that's the, really? no, they need to leave that one alone. Just leave me the fuck alone is what I say. Okay. When I want to, or the yes. fifth of never. Is always was always my I'm like, I need to make more music before I need to make another baby because that took too long to make both at the same time. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it's exhausting. What is not exhausting is you, Adrian. You are just such an inspiration. <laughs> like I am so excited to to learn about the music industry from an actual person in it. Um, and in your your design and your clothing and just your momming, just you as a person, you are firing on all the cylinders. We are so grateful for your time this morning. So everybody get out there this week and be inspired.